You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. The seven-weekend run of the 2020 Kansas City Renaissance Festival was canceled due to the safety concerns resulting from the pandemic and reduced to a much safer two-weekend drive through event. KC Renfair veteran stage act the Jolly Rogers decided to go one step further and put together a virtual fair in cooperation with KCRF to be shown on YouTube. With some of Casey Renfair's best stage acts, the Jolly Rogers and their amazing friends put together a series of shows with the intent to reach out to all the folks that were missing the fair this year and to help tide everyone over until they, hopefully, resume next year. The Platte River Bard was able to do a short interview with all of the groups involved in the virtual show. On this episode of The Bard, we talk with Rod Sipe, also known as Dr. Doompay. Rod Sipe has been performing as a professional entertainer for over 40 years. In that time, Rod has presented tens of thousands of shows with an assortment of magical feats mixed with a brand of comedy that has amazed, amused, and entertained audiences throughout the United States, Mexico, and Europe. Not only a magician, but also a fire eater. Rod Seip is recognized as America's premier fire-eating magician and is a feature performer in a variety of venues with his famous act performing as Dr. H. Doompay, physician-turned-magician LBP. Seip grew up in Paola, Kansas, where his family home was a former circus winter quarters, and it sparked an interest in Rod that has led him to a life of performing and presenting acts of the circus sideshows. You may have seen him in America's Got Talent or with his variety artist troupe, The Voodoo Review. Or you may have even seen him in the highly celebrated and famous headlining act, Dr. Dumpay, physician-turned-magician, LBP. But however you've seen him, you'll always know that you will get a performance that will amaze you and leave you laughing and wanting more. As a new performer at KCRF in the early 90s, Rod Seip was one of the veteran performers that took myself and my group in and showed us the ropes and shared his time and experience with us. And he wasn't the only one. That's how a lot of knowledge is passed on by these type of performers. It is by the veteran performers passing on what they have learned to the younger performers. There is not really a school that you can go to to learn this kind of stuff. So it's people like Rod who pass on what they have learned to the next group coming up. And that is one of the many reasons why Rod Seip has endured to entertain audiences for so long and why we are honored to welcome him to the Platte River Bard. Okay, we are here today out still at the Renaissance Festival in Kansas City with Rod Seip, who has an act out here. He is Dr. Doompay. Rod, thank you very much for talking with us today. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. Now... Gosh, you okay? I'm I'm trying to remember. You've been out here as long as I can remember. What was your first year out at KC? Seventy nine, nineteen seventy nine. Was it seventy nine? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they started in seventy seven. Seven, yes. Yep. Okay. Holy cow! Was that the first Renaissance festival that you did? I had never been to a Renaissance festival until I showed up to perform. Really? 
Really? That day. Oh, no kidding. I did a couple of promotions down on the plaza. Okay. Um, the office was, the, the staff was really good about uh, costuming tips. Okay. And believe me, <laughs> the <laughs> costuming was very basic. Yes. And I had no idea. And my whole knowledge came from my folks, my parents, who had been the year before. Okay. And came home, and I don't know how they just stumbled onto the Renaissance Festival, and they just said, uh, hey, there's this thing going on. It's called a Renaissance Festival, and it looks like you might fit in there somehow. Huh. And so I took some notes back then. You know, you, you, t- you took notes. Oh, sure. And uh, I kept that in mind, so I would look... In six months, I made a note, you know, on my page for six months ahead to start researching it even more and find out. And and I went, uh, and then I saw an ad in the, the Star or Times back when Kansas City had two papers, a yes. morning and a nighttime paper. I saw an ad. Renaissance Festival was looking for uh, actors and entertainers, specifically uh, Fire Eater, amongst others. Ah. Um, and it was uh, controlled by the uh, the Art Institute, owned it at that time. So I saw yeah. saw that ad, called him up, said, uh, you know, I'm a fire eater. You, where are you at? They told me where the office was. I came in for an interview. Oh, my gosh. Now, this is 1979. You know, sure. So it's yeah, yeah. horrifying to think about it now. Yeah. But if I could have a video, <laughs> I could have been a cast member of uh, any of those films from the... Uh, I was in a three-piece suit with still kind of a pretty wide lapel on my, uh, my shirt. Sure, sure. No tie, of course. Nice. <laughs> it was on the very edge of that. that oh, so I went That's in fantastic. and... Um, oh, gosh. Did the interview... And I was so excited, and they were like, well, this is how this works. I didn't know anything about the structure of festival, street acts, yeah, stage acts. Yeah, how it worked, yeah. Um, they said, we were really interested in you, and here's uh, what the pay structure is. And at that time, goodness, I was just a, a new entertainer and whatever. So okay. I was my purpose the first year was – wasn't to to make a living because I still had a full time job then. Okay. So uh, it was more about the experience, getting in front of an audience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I had learned by that, and I was I was still in my early twenties, and I, I knew that practicing as a fire eater and a magician, practicing at home in front of a mirror or whatever, is not like being on a stage in front of an audience. Yes. Right. So yeah. I looked at it as an opportunity. Okay. If I could make enough money to pay my expenses and maybe take home a little bit of money, I'm going to get to be in front of, it was five weekends, I believe, and I did six shows a day then. Oh, wow. So, so I got yeah. to do 60 shows. Oh, yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of people, potentially. And yeah. And that's back when uh, I was probably doing a month, if I was doing four or five shows a month, you know, one a week, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so, a great experience. Oh, it was it, it was terrific. and. And street performance, there weren't street performers back then either. Right. Except, you know, in Europe, there are street performers. But right. in my world, I didn't know anything about street performance. No. Well, uh-uh. They got introduced to the Renaissance Festival um, after Kansas City's. This is my home festival after this first year here. 
I wasn't going to come back. I got the experience of, of being in front of all these people, but it was a lot of work. And back then, mm-hmm. you were not on one stage. And I slept my show oh, from and you were stage, stage to stage. stage. Oh, no. Holy cow. So yeah. they asked me, like the last weekend, um, Marjana Rice and, um, mm. and uh, okay. Gail Tallis okay. were in the office. And they said, hey, coming back next year and whatever. And I just went, nope. No, <laughs> no I, you know, I was a trooper. I, it was a lot of work. And yeah. I said no, and they're like, "All right, well, okay, we'll think about it," you know. And they were yeah. very smart because they waited until about three months before the next season. And I got a call, and they said, "Hey, we know you said no, but really, would you would, would you come back?" Yeah, what do you think? And I'm like, ah, "I might." And they had also um, sent me a nice card that thanked me for being a part of the festival okay. and they had a gift in the office and they said well, if you're ever around let us know come by the office we just want to say hi and check so i'd went in and they they gave me a mug that i still have okay so yes they, they yeah. gave me a nice mug and i was kind of impressed and i really liked the people big uh, turning point running into the right people yes holy cow it makes all the difference so i come back the second year um, and I only had to move between two stages, uh-huh, okay. so I had duplicate sets of props. Oh, nice! They were way far apart, so I only had to get myself back and forth. Oh, not bad. I did that. <laughs> then uh, that year, I ran into some real legends of the Renaissance Circuit. I shared a stage with Johnny Fox. Oh, who's, okay. Who re- is now deceased? Yes. Great entertainer, sword swallower. Uh, and a great guy. Also, um, Danny Lord. Oh, what a Danny character. Lord, he yes. taught me how to get in trouble and get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important part of getting in trouble and being a jokester is getting away getting with away it. Getting away with it. <laughs> and um, uh, let's see, who else was there? Oh, Avner. Avner the eccentric. Oh. Yeah. A oh, legend wow. yes, was, yes. was here in Kansas City. God, I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah. And so, wow. and if people don't know who Ovner is, in the movie, uh, um, um, Indiana Jones movie, uh, was it Legend, a Fury, a Legend of the Nile? What was it? They're looking at something on the Nile. Indiana Jones. Or it was, it, uh, or no, uh, uh, Jewel of the Nile. Jewel of the Nile. Jewel there the it was. Nile. Jewel of the Nile. Ovner was the jewel. Yes. In that movie. Yes. He's a world, uh, world-class clown, a uh, very European-style entertainer, great guy. We sat backstage. It rained a little bit, and we would be backstage, and he's like, uh, he goes, hey, hey, kid, even though he's probably barely five years older than me. Right, yeah. But hey, kid, I got to tell you, and I do a routine, and it's called a mouth coil, and he's okay. like, Man, I can tell you're new and you're not used to using that because I love doing the doing the effect, the trick. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you're going to do that, I've been doing it for 10 years. I want to show you how to do it. And he showed me how to set it up, how to do it, and made sure I was doing it right for that Neat. whole run. And I have uh, I've probably done it 10,000 times oh, in 40-some uh, years. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and and it's a lot of magicians don't like it because there's a there's a degree of failure to it. Okay. Ovner, he took all the failure out of it. Really, and, and then and it, the method that he showed you how to do yeah. it, it wow. works so I, every. Obviously, it's worked every time. Oh yeah, it works. It works every time, and even if it goes bad, he even instructed me of if this happens, it could go bad. Do not panic. Yeah. Here's how you get out of it. You're going to do it. Okay. And a handful of times over the years, it has went bad, and I hear his voice, and I just go go with it. And being, it's the best kind of magic to learn for me because then I could become an entertainer. All my energy and my focus is on entertaining right. instead of the mechanics of a trick. Yes. It's, it, it's hard. Yes. It was always hard for me. Mm-hmm. And now, <laughs> and I had another uh, m- local Kansas City magician. His name was Claude Inslow. He told me once not to make the mistake of being a magician that tried to do a hundred tricks. You don't need to know. He goes, you don't need to know a hundred tricks. Mm. Okay. The most successful magicians, entertainers, they don't change tricks. They change audiences. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've at one point I decided I was in about ten years performing, and I was like, I'm gonna overhaul my show, and I replaced almost about half of my show. Okay. And I immediately after the show, you know how you're visiting, you talk, people want to talk. Yeah. And they were just like, Oh, we love your show, and I was kind of fishing for compliments yeah, or see what they thought yeah, and i yeah. said what do you think about the new stuff and they're like yeah 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 we like this stuff but we sure missed and they knew exactly what they missed huh. and what i realized uh yeah they go to see frank sinatra to hear new york new york yes <laughs> yeah exactly we <laughs> so, gotta play the hits baby so <laughs> so then i figured it out and then i went to maybe i would change one thing Okay. Every year, just small changes. Small change. So I ran into the right people. I guess I've got off track here a little bit, but I was early and I ran into the right people at the right time. So the second year, uh, my goal was to learn how to get a crowd, get an audience. Difficult to do if you don't know what you're don't know what you're doing. Yes. So I had great advice from all these guys. Johnny Fox helped me a lot. Ovner. Oh, who uh, and Danny Lord, he was way you know way ahead of yes uh, of his time. He was really out there cutting edge, and they had done street performing in Europe, and they knew about not even speaking the language, yeah, and being able to street perform and draw a crowd and communicate. Yes, and draw a crowd, yeah, hugely. Yeah, Danny made a helped diff- a lot of people. I made think. a difference for me, and then my third year, and this I don't say this to. To sound, I don't want this to sound greedy because I'm not a greedy person. Right, right. My third year was I was going to learn how to pass a hat. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, you got to figure it out. Let me tell you, for two years I rolled up a lot of quarters. Yes. <laughs> and Johnny Fox told me in my second year was like, towards the end of that run, Johnny Fox just said, "Man, you're rolling up a lot of quarters." And I said, "Yeah, I know. I don't know what I'm doing." He goes, "Exactly." <laughs> Yeah. You're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. So um, he told me, you know, he told me a couple of things, key stuff. And then the next year I started working on it and I, and I figured it out. And then 
it started becoming a uh, not just a kind of a hobby and a lot of fun. But I never, um, I've always, I've always operated on this theme. I've never turned down a show that I didn't want to do because of money. Okay. Okay. Never. And okay. It, it, and I don't want people. If you hear me say this, you gotta really believe. It's hard to believe. If I heard somebody saying this, I'd just be like, "No, another entertainer." Yeah, that's, right. a, that's, yeah, that's a bunch of BS. <laughs> but, um, I I have so much fun performing. I never think about the financial end of it. And even when you're doing hat shows for a hat, and you learn how to pass a hat, sure. And it becomes a substantial amount of money. It can, yeah. yeah. And it, I've seen it affect other people. It can, and then that becomes the driving force. Yeah. I never wanted that to happen, so I've always remembered why I did it. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember. Uh, a veteran entertainer told me to um, um, don't worry about the part of the tips of passing the hat was don't worry about the hat. Don't worry about the money. You do that show, the yes. money will follow. Yes, and yeah. it, and it's so true, so yes. so true. Yes, and even to this day, I've heard other entertainers, and everybody's different. And I know it's the reality of. But I hear we're having conversations, and one of them like, "Oh, I had a huge crowd. I was doing this big street show, and my gosh, there was all these people, and I could just knew I was going to have to get out my trash can instead of my hat because I could see how much." This uh, hat yeah, was going to be on this, yeah. and even to this day, I never think about the hat during the show. Yeah, no, that's not something. Yeah, never um, think. Yeah, about we're it. not that way. Yeah, we, we just the, the bigger the audience, almost always ninety nine percent of the time, the bigger the audience, better the show. Yeah. Oh, oh every um, almost every single solitary time. It, yeah. So it it does it does happen, and then back to. I did an interview for a newspaper back when newspapers were really a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember the press? The uh, um, uh, the uh, at the front gate when they oh. when they had the yeah the old Gutenberg uh, press or whatever. Well, no, no, or no, no. No, where the where the, uh, the media bo- the media room. Oh yes. Back when it was print, print was yes. The thing. That's right. This before the that. internet. This is early eighties. That's right. They and had they, that media place and up they front. plastered the wall with all the newspaper articles. Yeah. Photographs and everything. Yeah, everything. that's right. So, to me, personally, it was a big deal. It, it gave me some kind of, at that time, a legitimacy. I'd come through the media gate yes. Saturday morning to see if I'd made any press. Yeah. Because I thought, okay, that's good. That's a good, in- you know, the staff will like it. Oh, he's generating press. He's re- he must be something to see. Sure. And then after a while... After you get a little bored, you know, just get a little bored with the media, and you start fudging the truth, and you tell some crazy stories just for your own entertainment to see if it gets into print. <laughs> to see if it's always done. So one time I gave people say, "Why, why are you a fire eater?" Oh, I made up this story about seeing Elvis's mo- uh, Roust about. Okay. And I was watching Elvis. I was like, "Oh, I'm an Elvis fan," and he was in this movie Roust about, and, and there's a carnival scene, and there's a fire eater in the background. And I saw this guy eating fire, and I instantly knew when I saw that movie, I'm going to be a fire eater. So. I- it's Elvis. I'm telling this to a reporter. Right. So the very next week, you know, the paper comes out, and it tells this whole story that I've made up about Elvis encouraged me to be a fire eater. But back to the media booth up there. Um, I 
and then there's a certain, as you know, as you go along and you mature, then there's the aggravation factor of the under, other entertainers who are up there to check the press. Yes. And then they got to look at my and fire. Uh, I admit it. You can't be fire. No, I don't care. Yeah. You can be the suckiest entertainer ever. If you can e-fire, you can juggle fire, e-fire. E-fire is even better. Yep. People will watch fire. Yes, they and, will flock. And you fire, fire, and swords. <laughs> you pull out swords and start exactly. banging them together, and people just come from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Same, same with any kind of fire stunt at all. People and, just flock. And I learned to eat fire mainly because my magic was so bad and so unentertaining <laughs> that I had to have something else. I knew I had to have something else, and I did this trick, this magic trick, where you light a pan on fire and you put the lid on it and then you take the lid off and there's a, a bird. Oh, right, yeah. So I did that. I had a dove and so I would do that. Well, I, I got this idea because I, I was learning a little fire eating but I wasn't entertaining with it. It was kind of weird. So I'd light my dove pan Okay. and then I'd, and I'd eat the torch. Just that simple and then after the show people, they forgot about the bird. They forgot about every trick All I did. they remember was that you ate the you torch. You ate that fire. How did you eat that fire? And I was like, "Ooh, I'm oh, something. The fire, this oh, fire is the deal." Yeah, apparently. So then there's the so, I'd have this, you know, uh, full color front page above the fold. That's always always the best in the news. Oh yeah. In the in the back when newspapers were a thing, <laughs> and I like to even, I have some young entertainer guys, and I've told them I had to explain to them because. A couple of us were talking about, oh, yeah, front page, full color, above the fold. And they're like, what are you talking about? Well, you know, newspapers. And they're like, why is it? Well, because all newspaper machines mm -hmm. has the that edition, the current edition. What you see is front page, full color, above the fold. Yep. So that's where that's where you want to be. Yes. So. <laughs> Gosh, how did we get I bet, this, this is not like I thought this was going to go. Uh, no, no, no. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Great. No, no, it's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, and 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 yeah. and, uh, uh, and and thank you so much for talking to you. And and, and and I just and I just remembered that I forgot to say he is a a, a magic uh, and fire eating act. I've just known him forever. I just assume everybody knows what he does. But uh, no, he's a magic and fire eating act, as you can tell. We've been talking about fire eating, and um, and he's been out here since you know the second or third year that the fair has been going and crazy uh, long time and uh mm. and and i never thought i was coming back after the first year that, that's well the, and that yeah that's the strangest part of it and, and and i and i think all all the performers that, that have been out here for a long time have that story of early on they're like i i didn't think i was guy i wasn't gonna do it you know? <laughs> yeah, i'm out of here 30 years later 40 years later well it still it's, i'm still it. here yeah but you, you get such an education and entertainment yes there Anybody's been around has any longevity at a festival. What we what we know, maybe general public doesn't know. If you can perform at a Renaissance festival, you're bulletproof anywhere, yes. anytime. Yes. They, all they got to do is say, "Do your act right over there," and they yeah. just point to the spot, and you can do it. Yeah. And heck, I've done you know I've done tours with with Brooks Dunn's Neon Circus and Wild West show, six, six, 16, 16, 20,000 people. Yeah. And the other entertainers are. I call them the young guys, just because I'm an old guy. I can call them the young guys, sure. and they're just nervous, and they're, they're, you know, they're going there. I'm over sitting in an easy chair, going, oh, "Yes, yeah. two minutes still call." Yeah, and, big deal. And, uh, but if you're, if, you, if you, 
you it, get your chops at a Renaissance festival. Yeah, if if you can hold a Ren Fair audience, yeah. I, I I think you can you can pretty much you you can hold anywhere. any audience I- anywhere. It yeah. doesn't matter how how big it is. They have the they have the total flexibility to get up at any time yes. and go. Everything is competing for their attention, and their friends are talking to them, and they want to have turkey leg, and they want a beer, and 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 it's not even personal sometimes. No, it's not. But it feels real personal it, it, when oh, you're 23 does. years old and they're oh, and a whole family six gets up and gets leaves. Up, and they're on the second row and they get up. Yes, and of course. About a fourth of your audience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Did, I didn't know yes. how to gra- have a crowd. Oh, but yeah, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, you take it. You take it real personal. It's true. And I used to. I used to be way distracted by any kind of noise, any kind of. Anything going on? Oh, if geez. another act or lane act or somebody did something that just it's, it's really got my attention, yeah. it freaked me out all those years ago. And then I learned that the audience didn't—they don't hear it, they don't see it. No. If you got an act, if you if, you're the act, if you're going, they're yeah, focused on you. They're focused. Because yeah. I, I, I've had some, I've had. One of my craziest things, so I do a lot of fairs and festivals, state fairs, county fairs, small fairs, big okay. fairs, state okay. fairs. I actually was on a stage, and I was like the, um, it was a band, country and western band, was going to play like 20 minutes, then I was going to do 20 minutes, and then they were going to come back and finish the show. Okay. So I'm up there doing mine. Well, when I get there, I notice that this 4-H building it's in their arena part of it. Okay. They don't even have bleachers. Small, small fair. Everybody brings their lawn chairs, and they set them up. And when they, when I get there early and I see them setting up chairs, and and I notice that nobody's setting up chairs uh, from left to right across the middle of this stage. I'm like, what's going on? Huh. And then I see these doorways from building to building. Well, uh. when you're performing, they're showing animals and they're leading them through this oh, aisle of people so yeah. there's eight rows of chairs there's a space for uh comes a pig goes by there's livestock going by and there's another eight <laughs> row of people behind this well okay I'm, I'm gonna finally put a tail on this dog i'm gonna get you there to do this story so <laughs> i'm into my middle of my big and i hear a goat Nanny go bellering, you know, and they're loud. Oh, yes. So, and nobody's look. I'm looking off to the side. I hear it coming. <laughs> the audience is not even budging. It's a girl. She's probably 12, 13, 14, maybe. She's dragging this big old pregnant nanny goat, and it's resisting, and she's pulling it and pulling it. And then it's real apparent to me why... This goat is resisting. Oh, no. She drops her kid <sighs> right there oh, in no. my show. <laughs> oh, no. Now, if you ever run into another entertainer who has had that happen, I don't think, I don't know. I, I, that'll be the weirdest. <laughs> to, so it births this baby goat. And, you know, most of the people didn't, didn't no. notice. They, they didn't know. Some, they didn't uh, pay any attention. Yeah. And it, I had no idea, but goats are born really, really fast. (laughs) Okay. So, whoo, that goat is born. And they run. On their feet. And the girl, and then the mama goat's not resisting. She pulls on the lead, 
baby goat follows the mom and off they go. Oh Holy my moly. <laughs> <laughs> and this is before everybody had cameras on their phones or anything, but can you imagine that being on film? That I mean, the fantastic. look on my face would have been the one to see because nobody else really cared about a goat being born in my show. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. That is, that is awesome. I, um, what, I, I do want to thank you. Uh, for coming on the podcast, but also thanks for coming out today. We're thanking everybody. It's been a great time. Yeah, yes. I mean, you know, nobody's getting paid for this. We're kind yeah. of doing this and throwing it out online to, you know, just for something to have something. Yeah. And uh, and, and we miss we miss our audiences. We yes, we do. We miss, we miss our audiences, yeah. and uh, and we we clearly miss yeah. each other because I know everybody was kind of looking forward to seeing everybody today. Mm-hmm. So for sure. And we're sticking around and watching. And look each at the weather shows. we got. And it's perfect. It's a, it's I know. So, so of course, nice. we're not. Yeah, we're not doing shows. Yeah, of course. It's perfect weather. Well, yeah. We're used to yeah, thousands of people. That's what happened to Nebraska, too. They canceled their fair in May and in yeah. August. And the, both weekends, the weather was beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's like goodness. mid-70s so and a light breeze and sunny. It's the 2020 curse, I think. This would have been a banner <laughs> weekend. Yeah. Well, we're, yeah. we're just uh, we're going to look forward to 2021. Hopefully yes. things get back to, yes. to normal. And Yep, we can see everybody again. I I think we better warn everybody, warn everybody for next year because we're going to have some pent up energy. There'll be <laughs> yeah. some there'll be some hijinks going on. I think you're right. Going on. Bring a goat if you have a pregnant goat. Hey, go. come to it. my show. <laughs> <laughs> and we will uh, we'll, we'll make it happen twice in my lifetime. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> That's the best magic is the magic you didn't have to do. Yeah, That's right. Pairing goat trick. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, Rob. Oh, you're Sark, welcome, Doctor yes, Doompay. Uh, you will be able to see him on the very last uh, weekend that the Kansas City Renaissance Festival would be airing virtually. Uh, that the Jolly Rogers will be putting up on YouTube, and we will give you links for that. So, Great. Thank you very I'm much. I'm looking forward to seeing it too. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank All you. Right. Cool. Thank- Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.